0: Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, where we examine the truth disparity between what's on social media and what's actually true. My name's Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And this week, we are talking about the one, the only, Helen Keller.
1: Ooh. Is she real? Um,
0: She's contentious on the internet. We'll get into that in a second. I do want to give Garrett some exciting news. Okay, I'm ready. He doesn't know because... He doesn't have social media oh. but this is just exciting news to me because i was scrolling through tiktok as one does during my lunch hour and i came across a tiktok that had like a million likes of this girl being like if you don't know what to join in college as an activity join college radio it's awesome and all these comments were like i've always wanted to join the radio and it just made me really happy because i was like that's ah, us i do college we radio. do that we do that and we have an awesome show and we have lots of fun. Yeah. Um we're not we don't do in person college radio this semester, but it is it's making the rounds and it's making waves. Crazy. So get excited about that, Garrett. Um, I am excited. People know about the radio and they're pumped. And people they're gonna start also... listening to
1: our show and we're gonna get <laughs> famous.
0: <laughs> I don't really know if there's correlation there between those There things. definitely Should, is. Do you want me to make a TikTok about yes. having college radio? It will get okay,
1: millions of likes.
0: Okay, cool. I'll do that before our next episode and i'll let you know how it goes if it gets 12 likes which is my typical typical range of likes. well that's in not case too too bad
1: that's 12 more people and then those 12 <laughs> people can tell their 12 friends and then before you know it we have a lot of people
0: wow so basically gary thinks we're gonna be famous by next week Sounds it good won't to take me. long but fame isn't all that it's cut out to be wah, wah, wah. sad because it worked out for famous... helen keller I was just about to say it did not work out for Helen Keller. I feel like kind of she's did. famous, but people are being mean to her online. And here's what I will say about this is I was kind of shocked when you mentioned that you may or may not believe that Helen Keller was real because I thought that this was discourse limited only to social media. Well, because oh, I ahead. should
1: probably preface this with a story. I oh. had never had a reason to doubt Helen Keller in my life until okay. one day a dear friend of mine who I will not name um, oh. <laughs> for the very slight but still possible chance that he listens to the show. Um, he's a big conspiracy theorist, and he came Got to it. me one day, and he just looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, Garrett, there's just no way Helen Keller was actually blind and deaf and wrote all those books and talked to all those people. And I was like, you know, that mm-hmm. is a thing to be curious about.
0: Did that person and I have did social not, media? Yes, yes. I did okay. not
1: give it a second thought after that.
0: Okay, then that makes sense. That was three years say, ago. I think this is, I think that this was a conversation that was popularized and circulated by people on social media. I do have a theory about why, but we'll get to that near the end of my little spiel. Ooh, fun. Um, but I I truly believe that this did start on social media because I think I, and, well, you and I both, grew up in school where you just learned about Helen Keller and learned that she was somebody who was disabled who overcame great obstacles and did incredible things. And that's what you learn and you go, wow, that's so awesome. And Annie Sullivan was this wonderful woman that helped her through all of it. That's so cool. And then that's the end of it. And then you don't really ever learn about her past elementary school. You just kind of move on and learn about different things. But for the first time ever, I, like you, was had to be confronted with the fact that maybe she isn't all she's, I guess, cracked up to be. Um... And I'm going to talk to you about a couple of the reasons why people are suspicious. I'm ready. First of all, according to social media only, the only source I ever used, obviously, because that's the premise of the show, is that she published 12 books. She was real good friends with Mark Twain. She received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and she flew a plane. She was also a public speaker, despite not being able to see or hear um which i'll get to public speaking in a little bit there is a very vehement side of TikTok and instagram and twitter that is basically it's devolved from a nuanced conversation about like wow it's really insane that she'd be able to do all this are we sure that this is like completely what we're being told to she's not real it's devolved into she's not a real person she's a government bot she didn't exist which is not what most thinking people are saying when they bring up this more conspiratorial theory. Most people, when they're bringing it up, are saying either A, that she was not fully blind, was not fully deaf, that she like had more of her senses than were led to believe, or B, her translator, Annie Sullivan, was lying, and that it was just this big stunt it's that she hoax. would go around, yeah, that she would go around the country and deliver speeches, because I did actually watch a video of her giving a speech by the way and i mean as you might expect it's it's a little bit incoherent of her talking and then annie sullivan comes in and translates what she just said because they were like really good friends and they, what do they call her her companion which yeah, is kinda companion um, teacher, kind of cute companion teacher
1: they're thing. really
0: good companions and so she would translate for the people in the room what she had just said um so people think that that was just a big hoax it was a big lie these books were not actually written by helen keller um and so that's like the real argument that people put forth, but it's actually just devolved into a really sad Internet discourse about like this person was blind and deaf. They couldn't have done anything. And you're like, okay, well, you have to use more brain cells than that. But there's that's like the main narrative on social media is that she was a government plant, that she doesn't exist, she's not real, like don't believe her. And then it turns into this like because there's no real – empathy or emotions for this person, it devolves into this really nasty debate about like I don't know, just being like people who are different than me can't do anything. And it becomes like I hate her. I hate her because she does things I can't understand. And that really does. Like that puts a yucky feeling in my
1: mouth. Actively anti Helen Keller. They're not just saying she's not not real. She didn't do this thing. They actually have animosity toward her.
0: Yes. It's mean. It's like she's it's like she's different than me, so she must not exist, and I hate her. And it's that's a little bit more of what you see, and there's a lot of videos of people talking about that, and it gets a lot of buzz because it's a lot of people in the comments being like, "Ha ha 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 ha! Right? She she can't fly a plane, and I will say that is the crux of most people's argument is like she can't fly a plane. She's blind and deaf. Oh, it must everything she did must be a lie because she can't fly a plane. But by doing Point two more seconds of searching through comments there are people that are actively working to combat that by being like she didn't take off she didn't land she didn't steer she actually just held on to the wheel for like 10 minutes yes so by all technicalities she flew a plane but they used to do that for like kids back in the day pre like 9-11 I'm pretty sure um, they used to like let kids hold on to the wheel for like 10 minutes if they paid whatever to like quote unquote fly the plane so that's like not an absurd claim but people just hear she flew a plane and go well i couldn't do that and i can see in here so she must not have been able to do it must be a big lie um the other frustrating thing about social media before i turn it over to you to kind of clear up some stuff is that there's like all of the comments are are asking genuinely and this is where i will need you to fill in with genuine curiosity okay if she did these things how did she do them and then everybody just coming back at them and being like, Google's free. Look at her Wikipedia page. Go watch a movie. Go read a book. And it's just like, go somewhere else. And nobody takes the time to sit down and actually explain to people what happened. I think I have an idea of how she was able to do these things. Because I like, watched an episode of TV once that <laughs> explained it. Um, but I would love to hear what you think. Because truly, if I was scrolling through social media I would, and I didn't have any prior knowledge, I would have no idea. Because there is nobody helpful. Everyone is saying, go figure it out or it's not possible. There's like, I was not able to find anybody who would sit down and just, like, type out a couple sentences about what was going on. So maybe it's too complicated. Kind of, but but I'm surprised. It makes sense that there's, like, an internet phenomenon of just, like, that's completely reductive for something that nobody will sit down to explain. Because people are not willing to go past social media to look for more information which is literally the point of this show um but people are more interested in just like getting a really quick comment or a tweet or a 15 second video that explains everything so they don't have to think they're really unwilling to read a whole book or to watch a whole movie or whatever it is and so what has become is oh she's not real because i can't figure this out quickly on social media and so i think that's lame And I think the internet discourse is actually really disappointing. There's also people that take it the complete opposite way where it's, like, berating people online, being, like, you're totally ableist. And there's probably actually some merit to being, like, it's ableist to say that people who can't do the things that you do are, like, not able to do anything. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, There is probably some merit to that. But there's also just, like, um, a sensitive sort of reactionary thing, which makes sense, but it is more reactionary between, like, oh, this person said they don't believe that Helen Keller did these things. You're ableist, and you're a bad person, and I hate you. Like, it is still that same, like, sort of outrage, I hate you, because we aren't able to actually have a dialogue on social media, especially not about Helen Keller for some reason. So I'd love to hear what you found, how she did any of these things, because I have an idea, but I it's not from social media, that's for certain. Um, uh, before we get into your explanation, Garrett, this is The Social Mediators on Radio Free Hillsdale, one point seven FM. I'm Jillian Parks. And I'm Garrett Goolsby. And we are currently talking about Helen Keller.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll start at the very uh, the very beginning of Helen Keller, 1880, June 27th, Tuscumbia, Alabama. Sounds like a lovely Ooh. place. I've never been there, but that's where she was born. Uh, okay. She got sick with scarlet fever when she was 19 months old, and that's how she became blind and deaf. The illness oh often gosh. causes side effects like that, super severe illness. Um, and she began being taught by Ann Sullivan. She was a, Ann, is a teacher at the Perkins Institute for the Blind in Boston, and mm. she remained with Helen Keller, until the day that Ann Sullivan died. Uh, yeah. So almost 50 years. She died in October 1936. So they were like best buds for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun fact, I think this is this is an important detail because I, I think the question people would look at uh, Helen Keller's story and say, well, why don't we have more examples of blind and deaf people doing things like this? If she, Why was she specifically able to do this? Um, and not and not others. There are a few things that were kind of in her favor to allow her to achieve uh, perhaps a bit more than what we typically hear for people that have these disabilities. Um, she had the fortune of being examined by Alexander Graham Bell, who, for what? those of you who don't know, was the inventor of the telephone. But he also worked with deaf people a lot. And oh. her parents sought him out because they had heard that he had had a success um, helping children with these severe disabilities uh, learn to read and write. So when Helen Keller was a small child, she was super unruly, super uh, poorly behaved. And her parents thought that an education might might help her with that. And they sought out Alexander Graham Bell because he was a guy that knew at least a little bit about how to teach kids, um, how to teach kids with this kind of disability, how to, how to read and write. So, the uh, between the teamwork of Alexander Graham Bell and Anne Sullivan, they developed a method that Anne Sullivan used to teach her uh, how to spell. It was very interesting. Um, I, I also think that one of the only reasons that perhaps she was able to to do this to such great proficiency is there's evidence to suggest that she was super bright even before she became deaf and blind. She started mm-hmm. speaking when she was about six months old, wow. um, which is very young. Yeah, that's like three to six months early. So. Basically, the way they taught her to spell, and this is it's wild when you think about it, but kids' brains are incredible at being able to pick stuff up. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ann Sullivan would would put the object in her hand um, and would allow Helen Keller to feel it, and then she would trace the shapes of the letters on Helen Keller's hand. So, for water, they would go out to the water pump, and uh, Ann Sullivan would pump water over Helen Keller's hand, and then she would spell out water by tracing the letters on uh, on her palm and over time she got to understand what the shape of each letter was and then they graduated to pre-cut out letters so like cardboard letters that she would uh, she would have all of them arranged in a wooden frame and she could feel them and feel their shape and put them in the order she wanted to form words so that's Mm -hmm. how she learned to spell and how she learned to start uh, putting sentences together and by the time she was 10 she was learning to read lips by putting her fingers on the speaker's lips and throat while they were talking and while they were spelling out uh, whatever they were saying. And as crazy as it sounds, it can be done. Um, It's especially, you you know, people people look at this and say, well, I could never learn how to do that. I say, yeah, because you're an adult. Kids can learn how to do things that adults just can't learn how to do. If you were you know, five years old, when you started doing this kind of thing, you'd probably be able to do it by the time you were 10, 15 years old. It's also not
0: unfathomable, unfathomable to me, because even just learning the alphabet with my sight and my, my hearing, like it's repetition that is what teaches it to you. It's like being exposed to it over and over and over and over again. And that's what she was doing, right? Where she was just like repeatedly being exposed to these same letters and these same shapes that they like became meaningful to her. Is yes, that true? Yes,
1: that's true. Actually, she was exposed to them to an even greater extent than a kid learning the alphabet in a normal school would, um, because Ann Sullivan lived with them, and it came to a point where Anne Ann believed that it would be more advantageous for Helen's education for them to be separate from her family. So they actually just mm-hmm. lived together and did this. E- uh th- this practice of feeling feeling things and spelling like all day every day uh for years wow. and that's how she developed these language skills so she goes on to have like remarkable academic success she graduated cum laude from radcliffe College in 1904 and she began to write books about blindness uh, which was a really big deal at the time because blindness was sort of a taboo subject it's a lot of times blindness was caused by uh STDs. And so people didn't talk Whoa. about it. They didn't write about it. Um, they kind of just assumed it was this like, okay, you're blind, so something bad has happened there. Right. Or, you know. Holy cow. Um, which is not true. And right. <laughs> so anyway, Helen Keller is this pioneer of uh, a blind person writing about her experience and helping other blind people or and deaf people uh get get noticed and get the help that they need and things like that. So, like you said, she wrote uh, many many books, and she began how to did lecture. She write books. Do you know? Yeah, braille. So when she got to college, she learned. Uh, she learned how to read braille. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a method for essentially, yeah, composing composing sentences via braille. Through and that's braille. What, yeah, that's what she did. And um, there's
0: other blind authors. No. Yes, there
1: are. So there that are, would there are
0: that makes sense that there that she could write books that there are people who are who do that.
1: Yes, she was. She would be considered, I think, one of the first of any acclaim. Um okay. that's why she's such a big deal. She sort of paved the way for people with uh a blindness or deafness, let alone both, uh right. to do these kinds of things. That's why she's such an interesting figure. Um she also raised a ton of money for uh mm-hmm. the American Foundation of the Blind. So she started to travel the country in 1913 oh. and she would lecture, like you said, using an interpreter. Um it, It was typically Aunt Sullivan, right? They had this just amazing connection and ability to communicate with each other. Um, And so that's how she lectured. And she raised a ton of awareness for the issues that she faced and that many other disabled people faced. Um, And she actually co-founded the American Civil Liberties Union in 1920. Not a lot of people know that, but um, she was a a co-founder of the ACLU. And yeah, played a major role in the improvement of the lives of of deaf and blind people in the U.S.,
0: I'm curious what you would say to the accusation that she was fake, like that her interpreters, her interpreter, her family, whatever, saw that she was like able to make a lot of money off of this and capitalized on it. Um, And like a, a key piece of evidence that I actually, unfortunately, learned from scrolling through TikTok and from a clip of a Michael Knowles podcast. Oh my. So he's on team. Helen Keller's not real, unfortunately. Um, and he said that the reason he thinks that is because she only flew planes and wrote books while her interpreter was alive. And when Ann Sullivan died, or Annie Sullivan, I, I don't know, I've heard both, um, that she's just stopped doing all that. And to me, that just sounds like grief. That sounds like she's has this companion and then no longer does she want to do these things because that's the person she used to do it with. But um, they say that it's it's pretty clear evidence that she wasn't able to do it without her. So I'm I'm curious what you think on that. Yeah,
1: I you know I don't know I, I don't know that 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 theory has any grounds. Um, first of all, being that that she did get other help after, so it wasn't uh, you know she had somebody else come help her not too long after Ann Sullivan died. But she did go through a pretty serious period of grieving because they were so close. I mean, talk about somebody you're with for 50 years, basically right. without uh, without separation. And, um, you know, it's also, I think important to note that by the time Ann Sullivan passed, it's not like Helen Keller was young and still had a ton of, you know, a ton of career left. She was in her, uh, you know, in her fifties or sixties. So yeah, it's not super surprising that, um, her productivity quote unquote became less. And I, I also think that that's not necessarily a fair characterization either, because she continued to do, uh, activist work after Ann Sullivan passed away yeah um, I think there was there's probably always difficulty in her life um, in in communicating with other people uh, without without Anne because you know you, when you have developed a relationship with somebody and, and a way of communicating for so long getting somebody else that hasn't um, gone through all of that with you into the mix to try to help you uh, you know interpret your thoughts that's a, that's a pretty heavy ask you know um, but to think that they were in it for the money is pretty, is pretty ludicrous specifically, considering that all of her work had to do with advocating for blind people. and uh, it didn't personally enrich her. It personally enriched foundations that, um, that were associated with, with the blind. I mean, she did she did yeah. well for herself, but it wasn't like she was swimming in money. And um, also, there's no way that her family or, or anybody could have known that she was going to make any money doing this true, like I said true. it was a blindness was a taboo subject when she was in high school even in college no one would have thought that it would have even been okay for her to write all of these books
0: yeah yeah no that's a good point are we ready to give it a grade Gary? I think so okay yeah well okay are we grading how much social media told me about Helen Keller or the general discourse surrounding her let's
1: grade the discourse I'm feeling okay salty. ready
0: yeah me too three two one F, F.
1: Bad. Yes. Come on. Social media.
0: It's the worst. I, I honestly think social media is the origin of this th- conspiracy um, theory anyway. And it's I think really, it is.
1: Yes. I it. It's boring. It's
0: tired. Grow up. She was I don't know. I wish we could all just revert to elementary school, us that said, Woohoo, Helen Keller's awesome. Because like, what is the benefit in being like, no, she didn't do it because she's blind and deaf? Like, what is the benefit yeah, in that?
1: People don't want to believe that somebody that's blind and deaf can do things that they couldn't do.
0: I know. Like, why is that? Like, why is that at all helpful to society? I'd rather, even if it is a lie, I'd rather believe it. And that's how I feel. And that's how I feel strongly. Do you agree? I think so. Okay, perfect. Glad we're on the same page. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, Me and Garrett are in agreement that, or the social mediators actually, endorse Helen Keller. Am I allowed to say that? I think you are. Are we in trouble? for No, I don't think
1: so. I think she's in public domain
0: at this point. Okay, I hope you're right on that one. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for tuning into The Social Mediators. Um, We'll catch you next week.